0: No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now.
1: Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mendel here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets' victory, 3-2 on home ice tonight against the Buffalo Sabres, um, all important victory for the Winnipeg Jets as they continue their recent hot streak with yet another victory, improving to 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. And if I recall correctly, and Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is this now points in nine of their last 11 games? Am I right about that? Yeah, okay. the only games
0: they didn't get points in were uh, the Dallas game and the Vegas game. There you go. The Dallas game
1: and the Vegas game. That's right. So the Winnipeg Jets continue to rack up points, put the points in the standings bank, as the saying goes. Gentlemen, there's been a number of games this year where I would argue that it comes to mind, particularly the Calgary game early in the season, first game of the year, where the Jets uh, outplayed their opponent and maybe didn't get the result that they deserved. I thought today, tonight, particularly after Nikolai Ehlers made it 3-1, and we'll get into that in the Betway game recap, the Buffalo Sabres were the better of the two teams, and they were the better of the two teams uh, for significant chunks of tonight's game. And this is one of those games where Connor Hellebuck, well, they might not have been all you know, five alarm saves, he certainly uh, was a driving force in the Winnipeg Jets, maintaining the lead, holding on to the lead, and ultimately getting the two points, the clean two points on home ice tonight. Nice to see both of you gentlemen on this Friday night. We're going to be seeing a lot of each other over the next uh, 24 hours with a show tomorrow morning and then another show tomorrow night. But nonetheless, it's nice to see both of you right now. Ezzie, how are you? I'm good, Drew. How
2: are you? It's a busy weekend, right? You didn't even yeah. mention the Grey Cup there. I mean, like well, we'll get, we got lots of shows. Like, we'll get to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously, just like everybody else, super pumped up for the Bombers-Alouettes game in uh, Hamilton. Got to give a shout-out to Remus and Huss, doing an awesome job this week in Hammertown, Winnipeg Sports Talk. I think what you're trying to say, Drew, is that was a bit of an ugly win. <laughs> yeah, an ugly win <laughs> uh, is a good way the, of the it. The Nikolai Ehlers goal, the winning goal was an ugly goal. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was it Owen Power in front of yeah, Eric Connery. It went off, I think it was his glove or his arm. And I think Ehlers was just as surprised as everybody else in Canada Life <laughs> Center when that puck actually went in. But uh, that is not how you draw it up. I mean, that was not like, you know, the previous games where we've seen the Jets be successful, right? Like mm-hmm. the Devils game, you know, there were there were a few blips in that game. But after they took over in the second period, because if you remember, the game was tied, In the second period, the Devils came back. But I mean, the Jets were in control of that game. And then, if you want to go back to, you know, some of those road games, um, you know, against Nashville or or Arizona, I mean, the Jets were complete, pardon me, St. Louis, the Jets were in complete control. So, yes, this was, uh, you know, a a pretty ugly home victory, but you'll take it, right? And you're right. I mean, I I think, you know, this wasn't, you know, Hellbuck didn't have to make 50 saves or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But, Um, you know, you think of the JJ Paterka breakaway, Uh, you think of that, you know, flurry where Kyle Oposo basically had an open net and he missed the net Uh, and the Sabres were all over the Jets in the third period, not just towards the end. And by the way, I'm not sure what Jeff Skinner was doing there with 20 seconds left when the Sabres had all the pressure and he turned around and just kind of, you know, whiffed on a slap shot to nobody. Like, I'm not (laughs) sure if he he thought there was less time left, Uh, but the Sabres came very close to forcing overtime. So, Yes, I agree. I mean, Hellebuck definitely had to be excellent, and and that's obviously what he's paid to do. Um, but certainly at, at even strength and, and even on the power play, I think, you know, the Jets had a lot of movement, but obviously they didn't get the results. So uh, I think, you know, in the first game of a back-to-back, you've got Arizona coming up, which obviously the Coyotes are now, what, three points back of the Jets? Because I'm pretty sure the Coyotes were only one point behind the Jets entering this game, so that's obviously two, point,
1: two points. Now the Coyotes are eight
2: six and two. The Jets improved to nine five and two. Uh, okay, so they were actually matchup. tied uh, before this game. So the game uh, tomorrow obviously has Central Division implications, and
1: Lauren Bressois is going to get the start unless well, something. Uh, they're not sure about that. They said happening. they said they said it was going to be a will see as to who the goalie is going to be uh, tomorrow. Now I would, ex- you know. No travel. I don't know. I mean, was this too big of a workload from your perspective, Dave, for Hellebuck to go again tomorrow? I'm not sure about that, but I'll, at the same time, I don't know that you need to, uh, you know, grind them into the ground at, the, at this point in time. Although, granted, there are, you know, what? They got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday.
2: Uh, yeah, they
0: don't play again until Wednesday. Until and you also
2: do. want Lauren Bersoit to to get a game, right? Because I don't think anybody expects him to play against Tampa Bay or Florida, right?
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I would expect that. A, I mean, the Jets were the Jets were hedging on who the goalie is going to be tomorrow. Dave is what I'm saying. On and second, I don't know boys. that tonight's tonight's workload on did Connor Hellbach necessarily disqualifies him. But uh, I would probably expect Brasua tomorrow. But uh, it'll mm-hmm. be one of those things we find out about at uh, game
0: time. Yeah, I mean, I think you're. Yes, your so I point... just get,
2: did kiss my beard, Drew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think your what your point is, Drew, is that it's a is is what um, Scott Arneal, the associate coach of the Jets was saying today when he was asked that question in the uh morning skate media availability. And he essentially said, uh, will, you know, by Mike McIntyre asked him what was the goalie plan. Darwin's goalie
2: confirming plan. it's LB, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Scott O'Neill wasn't prepared to. He said they will want him to get an in, but they also said because it is a rare uh back to back at home mm-hmm. that uh you know it makes it a little bit easier. We'll see. But I mean I, I again I would suspect based on the fact that you don't really need to get Connor hellebuck that game you can get Connor hellebuck you get brossois that game and then hellebuck won't be in again of course until wednesday and then you've got a nice wednesday you've got a nice little pace for him so to me it just makes it doesn't make a lot of sense to have hellebuck i mean how many shots did he face in total tonight drew uh, in total, twenty-seven shots on yeah, goal I was gonna the Sabers had. I was, was going to say, really,
1: yeah, the first period it was it was not not many. First period was only six shots, so it was the bulk of those two shots were over the final to forty minutes of tonight's right, game.
0: Right. Right. So I mean, t- look, I, it was it was particularly it wasn't a fifty-shot game against the Sharks. I don't know the Sharks have fifty shots combined in all their games this year, <laughs> but it's not a fifty-shot uh, effort, of course. But I, I mean, does again, that really like a,
2: impact though, Dave? I, I and I'm I'm asking that question. Uh, rhetorically, right? Like, we don't know, but I wonder, like, how much that, if the plan was to play Bressois, regardless, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm not being, you know, contrarian. I'm just saying, like, uh, even if Hellebuck faced 10 shots, you know, you wonder if they were going to go with Brassois, right? Because I'm just going with what the coaching staff tells us in terms of, for example, why Logan Stanley was in the lineup, right? Like, they said they wanted Logan Stanley in the lineup because he hadn't played in a while. So it's not because they think Logan Stanley's better than Nate Schmidt, for example, right? Well, that so was wonder... what they
1: said. No, no, that's what they said after uh, after the game on, on Tuesday. They didn't say you know right. they and then then they elected to keep him in the lineup today. So I mean I don't know that the that you know at this point in time what the logic is necessarily. I understood it on Tuesday that they said they needed to get Logan Stanley a game. Okay, that's fine for Tuesday. Now, yeah, he played fine on Tuesday, so I don't have a problem necessarily with him staying in the lineup. And it's not like Nate Schmidt has done anything from my perspective to cement his spot in the lineup. So, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with that position, whomever it's going to be. Being so the only problem is on he the... was
2: bad tonight. That's the that's the issue. Well, that
1: that's you know. So would it surprise even, you? Even Nate strength, he had
2: the he had the worst uh, impact, right? So,
1: and it wouldn't surprise me if Nate Schmidt got back into the lineup tomorrow. So I mean, yes, I know, agree. Yeah, you know, so you know, the when it comes to that Nate Schmidt, you know, sixth defenseman, because that's really what we're talking about here. You know, I don't mind. You know, you got to play to stay in the lineup. You got to play to you know you got to win your spot in the lineup on a night-in, night-out basis, you know, for, for that position. Because neither of those two guys are running away with that spot. And both of them, fr- quite frankly, might be placeholders until Valey Haenel Hain- is back in the lineup. And we know he's back in Winnipeg. And Dave, you saw him, uh, you know, earlier this week at, uh, at at Hockey for All Center. So he's not yet skating. And he's still probably a good, you know, six weeks away. But it's not like anybody has uh, taken that job with a stranglehold by any stretch.
0: Well, Wednesday's he's not six. I mean, to be clear, he may be six weeks away from wearing a Jets jersey. He may not be, he's in the five to six right. weeks, let's say five and a half weeks. Uh, Rick Bonus on October fifth, I believe, said uh, it's eight weeks, but he he basically said it'll be eight weeks, and that's when you can start asking about Willie Hinola again. Not that he'll be back in eight weeks. So uh, you know, Rick Bonus was very clear about that when he uh, when he let us know that early in October. So I would suspect, you know, we, like I said, uh, we spoke to Brad Lauer about it, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, I believe it was yesterday and he talked about he didn't have any sort of update on a timeline, just that uh, Villa Heinola was back, the team was happy to have him back in the city, back with the group, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he was walking around, he had a, a, a tensor bandage on his, on his ankle, but again, so he's not skating yet, and, and again, as we've discussed, He'll likely start a conditioning assignment with the Moose. He doesn't have to be on a conditioning assignment, of course, because he's waiver exempt. So he can just go down to the Moose, and he'll uh, get a chance to um, skate and get back into game shape, like Declan Chisholm has talked about that you need to do before you can uh, get back into the NHL and start playing again.
1: Yeah, so I mean, these are all the, the sort of the unknowns and the, the the question marks related to the Winnipeg Jets. We know that obviously Gabe Velarde is the next Jets uh, player who's going to return to the lineup that's currently injured. We know Rasmus Kupari is going to be out, I believe they said, five to seven weeks with the shoulder injury, so we're not going to see him uh, until likely, you know, you're looking probably close to the new year uh, in a best-case scenario, probably, the you know, 2024 would be a best-case scenario there right around that time frame, and that's probably similar for for Ville Heinola, So we know that, uh, you know, Gabe Velarde is the next Jets player who's likely to get closer to returning to action with their talk that he might even be on the road trip and could potentially skate with the club ahead of the game on Wednesday in, in, in Tampa Bay before the Jets head out on this road trip over U.S. Thanksgiving. So we know the the injury situation, but the on-ice situation for the Winnipeg Jets tonight was, uh, you know, not not sort of what we've come to expect from the team so far this year. They get the win, and that's always the important thing. They get the two points. Um, but it's certainly not the it wasn't as pretty as some of the other efforts as of late. And, you know, really from the you know, Nikolai Ehlers scored to make it 3-1 at the 8-12 mark of the of the uh, second period. And we'll get into the goal because it was a weird one as we all as we all remember. But really for that, you know, from that point on, for the next 20 minutes at least of game time, for the remainder of the second period, and I'd say certainly the first half of the third period, Buffalo really took it to the Jets. And you can see the talent that Buffalo has. And this isn't a full strength Buffalo Sabres team with Tage Thompson who's going to be out of the lineup uh for the next while as well after suffering that injury on Tuesday. Yeah, but week to week. Yeah, you can see the injury. You can see the talent that Buffalo has, and the Jets really uh, were were holding on for dear life there for a long while. And so they know, you know, that you know, it's a win, and you're happy about that. But it's also not uh, a Picasso, I think somebody said in the chat. It certainly wasn't a Picasso for the Winnipeg Jets tonight.
2: No, the the Sabers are a really good skating team, and I I think you could see the boost that they got from not just Eric Comrie coming back, but obviously Alex Tuck Mm -hmm. and and Zach Benson, right? And I believe Matthew Savoy is still up with the team and he was a healthy scratch, unless somebody corrects me, right? And then, you know, one of the players...
0: I think think Savoy got reassigned to um, Wenatchee. Okay. yeah.
2: And so another guy nobody's talking about is Jack Quinn. Where was Jack Quinn selected? He was selected two spots before Cole Perfetti. If you remember back in 2020, uh, right around, the you know... Like, leading up to where the Jets were selecting, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, Buffalo might take Cole Perfetti, and then Jack Quinn could be an option for the Jets, right? So you're talking about some pretty good players Mm -hmm. that are still not established NHL players, right? Like Quinn's rookie year was last year. But when you're talking about Quinn, Savoy, Owen Power, Rasmus Dahling, I told Dave as we were watching the third period here, like... He's incredible. I don't care what anybody says. it's Rasmus Dahling isn't going to be in contention for a Norris Trophy he will win a norris Perfect. trophy I, I mike Ginsburg guarantees me nothing but rasmus dolling to me like he has that like Nicholas lidstrom just high elite skill level to him like mm-hmm. there was one play i was telling he, dave he took he... over that game in the, in the sorry as he he took
1: over that game in the latter half i would say
2: yeah no absolutely and it's mainly just with his skating and his patience mm-hmm. and he's got great hands too like he can really do everything right like Rasmus Dahlien and Kale McCarr like to me those guys are just going to be going back and forth and and obviously you know there's other good defensemen too, like Miro Haskin and you guys know I really like him. I'm not the Owen only power. one.
1: wait for wait for Rasmus. Well exactly. Uh, I mean you know. a, yeah
2: and uh, even Ryan Johnson uh, who Dave M knows because he's a big University of Minnesota fan. Uh, Ryan Johnson was a first round pick. I think in the Villy Hanola year the 2019 like he's good. Uh you know the, the Sabres. I think are. I mean, the goaltending. Like, I, you can't sugarcoat it. Like, we love Eric Comrie, good friend of the show. We've had him on many times. Like the first goal by Cole Perfetti, we'll get into it. But I mean, that's a that's a long shot. It's a nice shot. Not taking anything away from from Cole Perfetti, but that you could argue was a little soft. And then obviously, you know, you could you could debate whether that was Comrie's fault or if it was more Owen Power's fault on the Eelers goal. Uh, but to me, like this was the jets uh, having the the major edge in goal like hellebuck badly outplayed like wh- what did the the jets scored 3 goals on the first 9 shots or something like that right like the jets were getting badly outshot in the third period and oh. and the possession was all jets so uh you know hellebuck deserves a ton of credit for this the, win the it was jets really sho- him
1: that that won this game the jets shooting percentage in the second period, and and folks, bear with me here. This is unsustainable. The Jets' shooting percentage in the second period was sixty percent. Whoa! They had five shots on goal and they scored three goals. So and I that was, I was, I was like Drew.
2: that was like Drew's success. Uh, his. His, uh, how successful he used to be at the bar back in the day. He was about 60%. Whereas I was but, about and,
0: 11%. And Drew, just so you know, it was actually 75% for a vast majority and they added of the period. Shot. But they added a, peri- a shot afterwards. So it was I actually know. three goals on four shots. I know. And then somehow the officials found a fifth shot. So
2: Larry TSG is right. The Jets, Jets, Jets had 18, 18 shots in the course
0: of the good. game. Yes, that's
1: true. But in the second period, they had five shots, and I mean, this is the sh- this is the lowest output uh, the Jets have had in terms of shots on goal uh, so far this season. Terry's getting buddy, into it now. Our buddies, shot, uh, shots, our buddy. Shot shot, 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 shot. Ezra, stop interrupting for a second in your life. Uh, <laughs> Scott Billick said uh, himself that, or uh, this is our buddy Scott Billick tweeted: "This is the Jets' lowest shot total tonight." Uh, eighteen. Their previous low on the season was twenty-seven. So it's you know you you really it really was not a a the prettiest of efforts uh, from the Winnipeg Jets. But nonetheless, it is still uh, a clean two points at home. Uh, uh you know, two points you want to have, two points you get, and now you want to finish strong on the home stand, getting two more points against the Arizona Coyotes uh, tomorrow night. Who, by really, the way, are all in town? The, yeah, they've been the entire, entire Coyotes
0: uh, team was apparently in the press box. So uh, yeah,
1: there you go. So you definitely want to uh, wrap up the homestand on a good note, and that'll be uh, for a topic of conversation tomorrow on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. back here on our YouTube channel. Let's get into the goal-by-goal recap. Let's get into the game recap. It's brought to you by Betway. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support and continued sponsorship of the Illegal Curve post-game show and Illegal Curve Hockey with a large selection of betting options in sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Big thanks to our friends at Betway. And I'm sensing a pattern because for a second straight game, you didn't really need to watch much of the first period. There were a little bit, there were some chances and a couple of opportunities, but it was a uh, very much sort of a, a bit of a duller first period, more than anything that I would describe as riveting. There were the opportunities, so don't get me wrong. There mm-hmm. were scoring opportunities, and both goalies had to come up with some saves, but there was nothing that was, uh, I would describe as earth shattering in terms of its entertainment value in the, uh, in the first 20 minutes of tonight's contest, Dave.
0: No, it it definitely wasn't. It was uh, it was a snooze fest, and I kept looking at uh, Judy Owen, who is sits, sits to our left in the press box, who were, of course writes for the CP. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Judy, what's Judy? And unfortunately for Judy, she took some of that sleepy tea. I think I said, I said, I think you may have shared it with the, the both these teams because this yeah. has been a sleepy period. It's been a dopey period. Chamomile. It, it was. I, I don't know exactly what kind of tea it was, Drew. Okay. But it, whatever it was, Judy was starting to fall I think asleep. It was actually Darjeeling. You don't even Whenever know what that was. means.
2: No idea. I my my preferred tea is actually decaffeinated green tea.
1: Hmm. I don't no. strike you as a big tea I, guy. As is a matcha no, I,
2: guy. I'm not. I used to be. Uh, I, I don't. I used to drink decaffeinated because I didn't want to stay up at night. But yeah, I, I like green tea. I put a little sugar, and maybe a little honey.
0: It's nice. Just to be clear, sorry, Doug. I never said Arizona's whole team was there. I just drew. This. this is 41. I just said Arizona's team is in the city, and some of the management was in the uh, and scouts were in the building. So, just to be clear, the Arizona Coyotes weren't in the press box watching.
2: What about yeah. Mike Eastwood, Dave? Did you mention that?
1: No. Okay, go on with uh, our... Dave sat done? beside. My, well,
2: why don't you, it, you mention it? Well, you just did.
0: <laughs> we had we had an official guest Normal in the Winnipeg
2: league. Jet Mike Eastwood was sitting where I normally occupy that
0: seat. That's right. He was uh, he was he was he was sitting beside Ezra. So we Number had thirty two, uh, I believe. Right? Sounds right. So he uh, he had taken he had taken Ezra's spot. He asked me if that was okay. I said for you, Ezra would have no problems with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Drew it was it was a it was a so he asked scene. the
2: security guard how Dave got in.
0: <laughs> Wait, the security guard's Perry. Perry loves me. <laughs> Anywho, so the point is, as the show goes off the rails. Um, it was, it, yeah, it was just sleepy. It was boring. To be honest with you, I was watching the Moose game, uh, which finally, I'm not going to get into a Manuk Moose Minute just yet, but it was finally time for uh, a little more excitement in that one than what we were watching uh, within the confines of Canada life. But yeah, I mean, it was slow. It was. It seemed like two teams that were kind of feeling each other out, and two teams that haven't played a lot of hockey. And that was the other thing. Kyle there Connor was,
2: breakaway. We got to mention that. He he probably no, would have scored if the puck didn't hop, hop over his stick.
0: Well, if he if he knew where he didn't see where his rebound had gone because had he had he seen his rebound he yeah. probably would have been able to bury it because Comrie made a nice save. But but Conner, but Connor if he sees it probably puts that home. But I'm just but saying oh, that. Sorry, the,
2: Morgan Barron. Sorry, I, I I don't mean to interrupt you. Someone told me I was interrupting. Uh, more than ever but I also Morgan Barron had that
0: shorthanded chance too Dave for the record C-Mac I didn't actually drop a name as he dropped the name I did not drop the name but uh yeah Morgan Barron did have a good he did have that nice shorthanded chance as he that's right but I'm just saying it was it seemed like a team both teams because again both teams have it had had a bit of an unusual schedule and not a lot ton of games Buffalo I think played one more than Winnipeg in the last little bit because I think they had back-to-back on the weekend but it's just, it, it seemed like two teams that hadn't played since Tuesday. So, you know, a little bit, a little sloppy, a little uh, quiet. And I kind of said to Judy, because at one point the Jets, remember the Jets only had, what was it, Drew? I think I think the first shot of the game, and then they got the second shot was that Morgan Barron shorthanded one. And then they got a third one on the power play. So the Jets didn't have a lot of shots. And then they ended mm-hmm. up obviously 7-6 because they got a late power play. So they ended up out shooting them 7-6. But it was it was a slow period for the Jets for sure. And a slow period, I thought, for both teams, really, uh, when you looked at it.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Not a lot of excitement in that first period. So we'll skip ahead to the second period, as that seems to be when things really start to get underway. Jets are a second period team, Drew. Yeah, there certainly have been a very game in a row,
2: boys. There were no no goals in the first period, uh, Jets versus Stars. There were no goals in the first period, Jets versus Devils.
1: And then there's been, like, what, four or five goals in all three of these games, right? No question, and the Jets opened the scoring at the two twelve mark of the first period. Uh, pardon me, second period. Cole Perfetti on fire; he's just absolutely uh, lighting it up as of late, and he continues just you know to affirm himself and you know further establish himself as a bona fide NHL regular, bona fide NHL top six winger, as the case may be. Uh, no. Vlad Mesnikov and Neil Pionk with the assists here. You know, as you love the pass from Pionk, the stretch pass from Pionk to Nemesnikov, but more so than the stretch pass, I want to go back to the sort of the sequence right before that is that Pionk sort of forces a turnover in the Jets zone, which then allows him to make the stretch pass. So it's an that's a nice sequence of events for Neil Pionk, and it's a great pass to Nemesnikov, and he leaves it for Cole Perfetti. And as you mentioned, that you know. I don't know that you necessarily love the goal, but it's a good shot. It's from just above the hash marks, right between the circles. So a good shooting uh, position and from a guy who knows how to fire the puck, and Profetti makes a one nothing for the Jets. I like how you brought up Pionk there,
2: because obviously, I mean, you know, that's not going to get on the highlight reel, but you're right, and I I just thought, I forget which Sabres line was out there, boys. Good day from from Manitoba to our friend in Australia. Nice to see... uh, Somebody from down under watching the show, it's always a country that uh, I'm sure I'm not sure if Drew or Dave have ever been there, but I'm sure all three of us would always would, uh, love to visit that part of the world. So, hi to Jordan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I it just seemed like the saber forwards that were out there, Drew, were all caught like right around the goal line. And I thought it was just smart of Pionk to fire that stretch pass up to center where Nemesnikov obviously you know, gets it uh, to, to Cole Perfetti. But I just thought that it, it it wasn't even that, you know, Comrie was too deep in the net. I just thought, like, you know, it, it, you know that's from, what, 20 to 25 feet away? Like you said, it's, you know, just past the top of the faceoff circle around the hash marks. Uh, and, you know, it's just, you know, to me, again, you know, I, I'm never going to pick on Eric Comrie. He's one of my favorite personalities in the league. Uh, I just thought, you know, that was, uh, you know, kind of, in that kind of weaker category of of goal. Again, not taking anything away from Cole. Um, you know, I just thought maybe, you know, K- Comrie's angle or positioning could could have just been a little bit better there. But again, that's a goal scorer's goal. I mean, who, who am I to argue with, you know, Cole Perfetti's goal scoring streak right now? It seems like uh, and it doesn't seem like he's getting a goal every night. It seems, yeah,
1: at least for the five, the last five nights he has uh, the five night, uh, last five game nights, uh, and he makes it one nothing for the Jets. Uh, can we do we talk about Eric Comrie's mustache now, or do we say that for after the commercial break? Oh, wow, mean, as,
2: it's a beauty.
0: I was up close and personal with it boys. I saw it in its glory. Uh nice yeah. he had some nice words for for the Jets. Happy. Of course you can see he's got still got a lot of deep connections to this city and the players that are on this hockey team. Obviously he had dinner with Mark Shifley, Dylan Demello and Josh Morrissey last night uh i don't say that obviously but if you watch the our youtube channel then you know that because he spoke about it yeah uh, i wasn't dave, there dave was
2: also i was gonna <laughs> yeah,
0: i was gonna say i wasn't giving i'm not giving a first hand account yeah. uh yeah he was there josh morrissey mark Shifley, uh Dylan de and dave manuke those were the four plus uh eric Comrie. so where did the boys you know,
2: go do you think dave i feel like Pizzeria Gusto is probably a, a good guess. That's
0: that's a very good guess. I think that's yeah. a good guess, as he. But the point is that you know he's he talked about Connor Hellebuck and uh, Mark Scheifele and the fact that he expected Connor Hellebuck to sign and how much Hellebuck loved this city. So um, you know, again, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, Eric Comrie is always a good interview. So uh, check that out. It's um, on, like I said, on our YouTube channel, and so you can listen to that. Or it was in the pregame report on illegalcurve.com. And more importantly, for Eric he's going to be a
1: dad. His wife is expected tomorrow. To give birth tomorrow.
0: I was so, going to mention that. Drew. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he told us after that his, this part you didn't hear because he told us after we were just kind of chatting with him, waiting for Zach Benson, the uh, Winnipeg ice superstar who, well, former Winnipeg ice superstar, for both him and the team, but uh, we were waiting for him to come off the ice. So of course, Eric Comrie is just, and Zach Benson both came off IR today. And so Buffalo, they haven't obviously been playing for a little bit, but, um, So while we were waiting for Zach Benson, Eric told us that his wife is uh, due tomorrow and he's hoping that she wasn't going to have the kid. So I I thought it was a little curious. I know they'd want him to play today, but, you know, knowing that he's got that on his mind and knowing that he is, is, you know, like I said, that he's just coming back from injury, would have thought maybe they kept him, you know, in in abeyance for one or two more days. Let him be with his wife. But anyways, regardless, congratulations to the Comrie family on their upcoming uh, birth, because that's exciting news for him. It is exciting news
1: and one nothing for the Jets at that point in time after the Perfetti goal. Uh, Mason Appleton, two minutes and 21 seconds later, makes it two nothing. It's his fifth of the season assist to Nino Niederreiter and Adam Lowry. And you know, it's not fancy from this line, and it rarely is, but it's often effective, and it just involves. Going hard to the net, and that's what this line does very well. Straight lines, big, heavy, hard to play against. And Mason Appleton, who's uh, having, in my mind, his the best uh, season so far in his career. Uh, he goes str- hard to that net, and Nino Niederreiter with an absolutely perfect pass. And Appleton, who's really right on the right in the blue paint, redirects it past Eric Comrie. No chance for the mustachioed Sabers goaltender. But it's two nothing for the Jets at this point, as he yeah, and I don't think there's any
2: doubt that Mason Appleton is having the best year of his career. And, you know, I, I forget who we had on the show. And I remember you asked someone about Mason Appleton, and he was kind of like a forgotten guy, right? Like people thought, you know, you know, we'll see how long he stays up on that third line because obviously Morgan Barron uh, was wow. on that third line as well last year. but
1: yeah, I, mean, I said not... it during the uh, during the, the training camp. I said it during training camp and and when we were broadcasting at the uh, fan fest. That yeah, I, was, I, I was thinking it yeah. could have been fanfest
2: with Paulie Edmonds or, or Marat yeah. we also had on. And you know, he is he is not a passenger on that line. He's not a passenger on this team. Like you got to give him credit. Like he goes hard to the net, and that's the thing, right? Earlier in the season, right? Dave Appleton's up on the top line, it's not working out for him. Yeah, But that just shows you that that's where he fits. Like he fits in a bottom six role. He can kill penalties. You know, he can, he's an effective four checker Mm -hmm. and you just like how he goes to the net there. I forget which defense, it might've been Samuelson, uh, the defenseman. He just gets behind the defense, the Buffalo Sabres defenseman. Um, And like Drew said, I mean, that line has been excellent all year long. Um, you know, at, at even strength, and it's a beautiful pass by Niederreiter and yeah. a, a great finish by Appleton. So it's great to see because Dave M has talked about this. He's been, you know, following him uh, from the Moose up into the a- NHL. He's a late-round draft pick, and, you know, Drew mentioned that, you know, it looks like Logan Stanley and Nate Schmidt are basically going to kind of rotate, and whoever plays better is going to assume that kind of number six D role. Same thing for Appleton, right? Like, he continually has to prove that he – you know, fits on that third line, maybe not so much anymore, but you know, the first three or four games of the year, I would say, um, you know, and then he went up to the top line, but yeah, just, just a great effort by that line. I mean, the more simple, like that's, that's what they do. Put the puck on the net, crash the net, get a rebound, cycle the puck down low, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. what they do best. So that line continues to be red hot. Yeah. Well, and Drew, I just it.
0: wanted to add, like, it's it's funny, like Jamie Thomas. Uh, I was gonna say of Jets TV, but they don't call it Jets TV, but whatever Jamie's of yeah, no. with respect to the Jets, yeah. he uh, had Mason Appleton on their Jets set, Jets ground control podcast, and he just, t- you know, he talked about Mason Appleton coming back from Seattle and and wanting to be back in Winnipeg, and you know, this being the only place he really knows and is very comfortable, and so you can see that that he is a lot more comfortable this season, and and look. He, he matched his goal total from last year in, in, in 16 games. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got five goals in 16 games at five and 51 last season. So he's definitely, like I said, on pace, I think we just had it in the chat for, you know, a 30 goal season. We're not going to keep expect that, but if you can get Mason Appleton into that, you know, 20 to 23 range, that's a pretty exceptional number from, from your third line. So, um, you need that line to be clicking and Nino Niederreiter boys, we've talked about, he just does everything right. Like he really does. Like it, Mm -hmm. you know, his pass is phenomenal. It's a great pass. And as he's right, you need someone like Appleton, who's willing to go to the front of the net, who's willing to be in that hard area and, and take a hit if he has to, to try and get a goal. So good on him for, for making that sort of effort, but great pass by Nino Niederreiter. But I thought in a, a number of elements of this game, Uh, Nino Niederreiter defensively and offensively was really good. And we've said that, I mean, so many times, but uh, you know, he, the the past is something we get, we highlight, but there were a number of other plays throughout the course of this hockey game that I thought, Nino know, Niederreiter deserved uh, praise for. Yeah. Look, he, he's, a professional hockey
1: player, and I know I've said that line more than once, and you just see it night in, night out, even when he's not necessarily contributing on the score sheet, and he did contribute on the score sheet tonight, but even when he's not contributing on the score sheet, there's rarely a game that 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 occurs where he you don't notice him doing at least something to help his team. Not right. always leading them to victory necessarily, but he does something that will help his team more often than not. Uh, 23 seconds after the Jets made it 2-0, the good times abruptly come to an end. Alex Tuck, Gets his fifth of the year. Uh, he's just back from IR, or he'd been out of the lineup at the very least. Uh, and this is an unassisted goal. and yeah, it's I think a bit he of a, mess,
2: missed like three games, Drew.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a Keystone Cops uh, situation for the Winnipeg Jets on this one. Uh, Neil Pionk, uh, fails to clear. you know. Uh, Brendan Dillon sort of fails to clear. Connor Hellebuck goes and sort of poke-checks the puck uh, right onto the stick of Alex Tuck and his effort, I think, to poke it away from, if I'm not mistaken, Dylan Cousins. He puts it right onto Tuck. It's just a lot of ugliness for the Winnipeg Jets in their own zone in a high-danger area on this one, and Alex Tuck eventually makes the Winnipeg Jets pay while the Appleton goal announcement is still occurring. <laughs> the Sabres are able to cut it from two nothing to two one at the four fifty six mark of the second period. So no goals in the first 20 minutes, three goals in two minutes and 30 to 34 seconds to start early in the second period on this one. As he,
2: yeah, as Dennis would say, bang, bang, but the third one was a bad bang. The first two were good bangs, but this the third one was not a good bang. And you mentioned, you'll saying the word bang, please. Sure. I will. <laughs> Uh, Neil Pionk, as you mentioned, he loses uh, a battle with Jeff Skinner. Yeah, uh, because it's it's like the this comes like five or six seconds after the faceoff, and so Jeff Skinner uh, steals the puck from from Pionk, puts it on net, and then like you said, Hellebuck tries to clear it, and then obviously he poke checks it right to Alex Tuck, and Alex Tuck seems to be kind of uh, I don't know if you want to call him a Jets killer in the same vein as like uh, I don't know David Perron has been. Uh, quite the Jets killer over the years There's there's been a few uh, Jonathan Marchessault another one um, but yeah that's just uh, a, a couple of bad mistakes right Skinner getting uh, pardon me Neil Pionk getting beat by Skinner putting it on the net and then I understand Dave what Hellbuck was trying to do there but I don't know if that was necessarily the the right way to execute it because he just pokes it right to uh to Alex Tuck and then obviously, you know, that's deflating because the Jets were up by two goals, everybody's feeling good. Then all of a sudden, you know, it's a it's a one goal game again.
1: Yeah, you know, in, in this instance, I mean, I understand what Hellbuck's trying to do. He's trying to get it away from the oncoming uh, Sabres player. Like I mentioned, I think it was Dylan Cousins, if I'm not mistaken. And he puts it right onto tuck stick. So, you know, the Jets just had poor defensive zone coverage here. You got to start mm-hmm. tying up sticks. You, you know, the Jets are puck watching and they're not watching it that well. They're watching. Maybe they were to listening
2: it. to Jay Richardson announce the goal. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, well, if that's what they were doing then they should probably re- try and compartmentalize their activities a little bit better and focus on their on-ice activities uh more so than uh, than than how they handled it in that situation because not the prettiest one for the Winnipeg Jets Dave and the Sabres are able to cut it in half 2-1 at that point uh early on in that
0: uh in that second period. Well, and it, and it's a momentum killer because as yeah. you said, Drew, I mean, you've got a two-goal lead, the crowd is 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 into it, they're happy, they're they're Pumped up right now. And and again, because the Appleton goal was a nice goal, it it gets the crowd going, right? And so everybody's excited. And then suddenly it just gets deflated. And you guys have already gone through the goal. So I don't need to add anything really to Mm. it. But it's just, it's just to to quote a druism, boys, it was a lack of attention to detail right after a goal, is 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 pretty is a pretty bad mistake by the Winnipeg Jets because and again, it's probably one of those things where you're like, well, you can't just blame it on one guy because every single guy almost had a piece of that uh, error, which led to the puck finding the back of the net. But yeah, definitely a momentum killer because, I mean, as I said, you, you know, the Jets are feeling good, even though they, they haven't taken a plethora of shots. But the fact is they've, they're they finding the back of the net. So uh, they were feeling good up to nothing and now suddenly it's 2-1. And and yeah.
2: honestly, I don't I don't know, like just going back to, you know, what happened there. You know, I just watched the replay again and, Skinner spins around and puts it on that, It actually doesn't get through the net, right? And that's why it's mm-hmm. sitting in front of Hellebuck, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why he pokes it. But like, I don't know. Like, who am I to to you know say what Hellebuck should have been doing in that situation? Yeah,
0: Maybe you but just leave you're an analyst. As a, you're an analyst on the Leo curveball well, show, Kevin Woodley's coming on tomorrow,
2: so he I- he would be the one to to break that down. And I, I but clearly, whatever uh, whatever reasoning Hellebuck had for poking that, it was it was the wrong choice. And it went right to Alex Tuck. So
1: I I don't know that it was necessary. I mean, it it worked. The result was wrong, but in that instance, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the wrong choice. What was wrong about it is the is the Jets' poor, uh, you know, uh, effort in tying up sticks. That's what I think. You know, I I, you know, it's it's a good question, as you bring up. I'm not sure what Hellebuck's supposed to do there. It's a bit of a rock or hard place that he's in. If he tries to cover it up, does he is you know does Dylan Cousins come in and and get it before that Hellebuck's able to smother it. You know, obviously in Hellebuck's mind, he felt as though he, he that wasn't the option that was best available for him. Uh, but you know, I think it's the Jet, it's just a lesson in in the Jets' poor D zone coverage. Yeah, it was just and, a little bit
2: sloppy. They were just yeah. a little bit slow. The puck was bouncing around, and you're right. I mean, we're definitely not going to you know say that. Oh, that was a bad goal. It was Hellebuck's fault because, like we said. Jeff Skinner beats Neil Pionk, right? And he's the one that puts it towards the net. And then, you know, Hellebuck is basically forced to poke Jacket because if he doesn't, I mean, a Sabre could have easily put that puck in, picked it up and put it in, which obviously they got a goal anyways. But yeah, it was just, you know, not not very tight defensive coverage. But luckily, I mean, the Jets ended up winning the game and that goal um, was inconsequential. But at the time, it definitely, you know,
1: deflated their two-goal lead. Well, there's that word luck, and it's always it's a good it, it's a good debate. Do you have to be good to be lucky, or do you have to be lucky to be good? And we can debate that because this next one. is I our think Seagram you have to be team. good to be lucky. Thank you. Well, you can discuss it. This is our next one. Is our Seagram shot of the game? The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends of Seagram's, purveyor of fine drinks like Fireball, which I have a little mini bottle of right here next to my trusty TV stand as I broadcast this illegal curve post game show. It's almost like uh, Drew used to work for Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries, Dave. What does that have to do with anything? It's not oh, where you have, you the have, bo- No, but you have all you the know, you have you the be- beer, you have the booze. Yeah, you too can go to a liquor store or a beer store and acquire the same things that I have readily available. I know that this is hard to believe, but money can be exchanged for goods and services. services. I know. (laughs) But I don't way, have any money, though, Drew. That's well, that's the separate, maybe ask Naomi for some. Maybe she can lend sure. you some, and you too can get a miniature bottle anything. of Fireball. Get 20 uh, bucks big, a week, that's about it. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, this is probably the, uh, its pretty close to the weirdest goal of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I can necessarily think of a weirder one at this moment. A tremendous screen provided by Owen Power. Uh, Which would be great, except for the fact that he, of course, plays for the Buffalo Sabres and ended up screening his own goaltender, Uh, Nikolai Ehlers. They well, you know, you didn't walk, you couldn't see it on the broadcast because the camera wasn't on uh, the play at this moment. But he turns and fires just the most uh, routine, innocent looking shot, and it's you know, somehow, you know. It's almost like it goes right over Power's shoulder and then dips just enough that it gets over uh, Eric Comrie's shoulder. And Comrie obviously can't see it because Power is standing in front of him. And nobody expects this to be any sort of opportunity in a really... You know, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't have been, but nonetheless, Dave, it uh, is a three-one lead for the Winnipeg Jets. Ehlers, his fifth assist, to Niederreiter, and the Mesnikov. Uh, and they don't ask how; they only ask how many. And for the Winnipeg Jets, this was their third goal of the game.
0: Yeah, and I like what uh, Joe from Winnipeg said. Comrie yeah. was powerless in saving that shot. I mean, it's it's such a weird play because everybody is loaded on that side. The puck skips over sniper. I mean, Brendan Dillon's stick, cause he was trying to get it on net just so the jets could get a change in. And of course it skips over to Nikolai Ehlers who, as you just said, drew is firing it in, just trying to again, keep that puck in deep. And I think he was as amazed as, as amazed as everybody else. Cause I'm like, what the hell did we just witness? But sometimes they say, just shoot that puck on the net. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, good things can happen. And, and look, it's unfortunate for Eric Comrie ends up being the game winning goal for Nikola <laughs> Ehlers. And, yeah. uh, and, and, it, you know, again, it got that building going again because suddenly now the lead is back up to two and and it's two goals. I mean, three goals for the jets in what, about six minutes through. So, I mean, you're, yeah. you're you, again, exactly that crowd six
1: is minutes, three goals in six minutes.
0: Yeah. And it's three goals on four shots. So, yeah. I mean, I, I jokingly referenced in the headlines for the jets jets ride an efficient second period in order to get that win over the Sabres. But I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that it's good for Nikolai Ehlers for him to get that good feeling. I thought he was skating pretty well uh, today. And of course, Nino Niederreiter and Vlad Nemesnikov being on with him as well. I mean, those guys I thought both had very good games. And uh, as you and I were talking about Vlad Nemesnikov, you know, watching the third period and he just does a lot of good things in a game. And it's funny. Cause uh, you know, I was talking in the pregame, not in the pregame sorry, uh, after morning skate, in terms of what the Jets are going to have to do when uh Gabe Vallardi is back, and now that's still not going to be a, a, for a while because, you know, again he's in the yellow non-contact. He's not even skating with the team right now. He won't be skating with them till the road trip. But you know, it's a tough it's a tough thing to decide, right? Do you remove do you remove Alex Iafalo? If you do, where do you put him? So the Jets are going to have some, and that's that depth we talk about. But I, I just think like Vladimir continues to show that. You know, he's a smart player. He's a, he's a complimentary player, uh, you know, and and maybe he's playing a little higher than you would expect, but right now it seems to be working for the Jets because they're getting a lot of goals. Yes, everything
1: they touch uh, everything they touch has turned to gold as of late, and that includes getting a number of goals. But really, at this point in time, Ezzie, it's sort of interesting. The Jets take this 3-1 lead, and I don't know if they let their foot off the gas, or they maybe relaxed a little bit in the old cliché. They had but... their foot on the
0: gas, Drew, uh, uh, at Also, shorts. a fair
1: point. <laughs> a fair, well, their shooting percentage yeah. went way down at that point in time. They went from a 75% uh, shooting percentage to a 0% shooting percentage for the remainder of the game. Very, very weak. Um, but 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 whatever it was, as it seemed like the Winnipeg Jets at this point in time, sort of, this is where Buffalo begins to take over the majority of the game uh, from this point on. And really the Jets, you know, hold on for the remainder of the second period. And that's how the second period ends with the Jets taking a 3-1 lead uh, into the dressing room. But Buffalo wastes no time coming back in the third period and starting off strong. Uh, J.J. Paterka, who's my favorite J.J. since J.J. Daniel uh, getting his seventh of the season. Jean-Jacques. Yes, Jean-Jacques, exactly. Assist to uh, Rasmus Dalin and Zach Benson. This comes at the one-minute mark of the Third period, it's the stretch pass, and they highlighted this on the broadcast repeatedly. The number of times in which uh, the stretch pass was used by both teams uh, in this game, we saw that uh, we saw, of course, that uh, Neil Pionk used it on the Jets' opening goal to set up the to Perfetti. But this one, uh, it's a great pass, and Rasmus Dahlin was just an absolute beast, uh, really, for the remainder of this game after uh, after Ehlers scored that goal, uh, and he hits Paterka, and it's both Shifley and and Brendan Dillon, who are the defenders back there. Obviously, uh, not where you were used to seeing Mark Shifley. Uh, Neil Pionk was out pinching, and Shifley was back covering, but the pass went through both him and Dillon onto Praterka's stick, and he made. He gets uh, the first shot away, Hellebuck makes the save, and then he gets the rebound and tucks it through Connor Hellebuck to make it 3-2 one minute into the third period. Right. And you
2: remember in the second period, Paterka had that breakaway. Right. And, you know, that's somebody that good friend of the show, Marty Buron, has been talking about for three years. Right. Because Dave knows uh, Paterka before he graduated to the NHL. He was really good for Rochester. He's been considered a top prospect for the Sabres for a while. A while. And we've talked about like the Sa- this Sabres team again. You know, I mean, anybody who doesn't watch the show knows I'm a Devils fan. So I have no skin in the game. I'm not a Sabres fan. But this Sabres team, I think, is a couple years away from being a very dangerous team. When you throw in Quinn and you throw in Savoy, and you know you give Owen Power another couple years, and they figure out the goaltending situation, because obviously Devin Levi is the goaltender uh, of the future. Good Jewish boy, got to get that in there for Montreal. Um, but on this goal, yeah, I mean, like, we need like, we need all the help we can get at this point in time. Absolutely, Paterka. Look, he he slips behind, as Drew mentioned, Brendan Dillon and Mark Shifley, and it's a beautifully executed stretch pass, like Drew said, by Rasmus Dahling. So, I mean, you know, you're not going to fault Hellebuck on this one either. I mean, Paterka's, what is he, up to 12 points now, Dave, I think, on the season? So he's a good player. And obviously, I mean, this was, you know, a sign of things to come, because as Drew mentioned, Buffalo had all the possession and all the chances Mm-hmm. Uh, in the third period I mean the Jets were hanging on but I also think you know I'm, I'm someone who truly believes like you have to you know play some context on this game as well because I think the Sabres allowed nine goals in their previous two games so this is the, the Sabres third loss in a row I believe mm-hmm. so I mean the Sabres were desperate right like that this was a pushback we always talk about you know the Jets if they're down and what type of response they have well the Sabres push back hard and they almost tied this game up. We talked about it. Like, they were all over the Jets in the third period. So, um, you know, give Darlene a, a lot of credit for that stretch pass. And Paterka, he's a, he's a good young player who's only going to yeah. get better. Second well, he, pass, uh,
0: I wonder if uh, Scott O'Neill was listening to our conversation because in his post-game media availability, available on our YouTube channel or available in our game recap, not to be listened to right now, but you can listen to it after. But I happened to listen to it. And what he said was, you know, he called Darlene a, a special player. And he talked about the stretch passes. He talked about, you know, the Sabres really taking it to the Jets. And he talked about how Buffalo controlled the play and that he didn't like their game. So he said, look, you know, take the two points and, and kind of said it with a smirk, take the two points and, and move on. But you know that there's a lot of things that this team needs to clean up because, it, you know, and I know we're, we're not done the recap, Drew, because mm. obviously we've got to deal with that final flurry. But it was, you know, he said, look, we didn't get a, a shot in 11 minutes in that second period. There's, there was a lot of things not to like, but one of the things one of the things if you're a Jets fan that you probably do like is Connor Hellebuck, yeah. and you probably mm-hmm. like the way Connor Hellebuck played. You know Hellebuckian, especially in that final five minutes of the third period, right? Especially when yeah. you know the Sabers have a late penalty, and it's the you know and the and the Jets have a power play, and yet it's the Sabers who are pushing, obviously pull Eric Comrie, and then uh, five on five, six on five, and and a lot of times we've seen Connor Hellebuck. And the Jets give up that goal, but uh, not tonight. And he he looked really good to to close it out. Uh, made that as he said that save with his with his foot, which was unbelievable. Yeah, and then skate. a num, yeah. a num- you know, escaped exactly, and a number of other stops that he made tonight. So uh, you know it certainly
1: yeah. helped. Uh, I mean, Zach Benson taking that high sticking penalty with two minutes and sixteen oh, yeah. seconds to go Killer. was not uh, was not an intelligent penalty to take at that no. point in time. You just have to have uh, more control of yourself and, uh, and know the situation. And I'm a little surprised the referees didn't even that up. I was a little mm-hmm. surprised. They only took one and they only took Benson and they didn't take a jet in there for responding to Benson. But yeah. uh, you still can't put yourself into that possession, into that position. Part of me right there and take that and take yeah, that I penalty. Mean,
0: what is it? His seventh game in the NHL. I mean, he's a young kid.
1: Yeah. But I don't think he's learn. seven,
0: maybe, maybe seven. I think this was a seventh game. Pretty cool. Just to quickly uh, as an aside for him, Obviously, played two years here, three total with the ice. But I believe that first year was in the bubble, uh, that WHL bubble. But you know, he played with his uh, billet family. His parents flew to Winnipeg to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a lot of friends and, and uh, that came to watch him. So it's got to be pretty cool for the 13th overall pick, as he in the 2023 draft to uh, get a chance to play. I mean, we know it's pretty cool because we talked to him this morning, and that again is available on our YouTube channel. But uh, you could hear that he he has a special connection to Winnipeg. And uh, disappointed, of course, that the ice left, but uh, was very happy, had a lot of good memories. And like I said, was really happy. He said he had dinner with his billet family uh, and uh, was excited to play in front of them, picked up an assist, I think on the second goal. Yeah. Uh, so he got into that's his third point in the NHL. So uh, and and look, he's a hell of a player. He's a he's not a big guy, but he's a hell of a good player. And, you, you know, it, he's got an edge to him. And we didn't watch a ton of the ice games, obviously. But uh, whether he goes back to Wenatchee this year and comes back in, you're going to see that kid uh, in the NHL for a long time. He's really good. He's,
1: yeah, he's, the sky's the limit. The, the future is bright for him. Just uh, take, taking a regrettable penalty there at the end, which certainly uh, helped the Jets in their quest to hang on, uh, which they did for dear life. They managed to hang on uh, high danger chances in tonight's game. 17 to 4 in favor of the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. Well, I don't think you had to uh, say
2: in favor that, of who that's who, I actually think... kind of like absurd if you think about it. I, yeah. I mean, if you obviously we're not going to go back and and you know go over the years and check the high danger chances, but like that's about as one sided as it I gets, th- boys.
0: I agree with you, Ezzy. I don't think I can ever remember a, a, a dis as uh as lopsided, uh, a high danger chances. is Eiler's
1: get considered a high danger.
0: <laughs> I don't think. So. I don't
1: think so. I don't think that was a high danger chance. It managed. It ended up being very dangerous for the Buffalo Sabers, but uh, you're absolutely right. In any event, the Winnipeg Jets uh, do hold on. Uh, you know, despite being uh, badly outplayed for large chunks of the game, uh, they hold on for the three-two victory on home ice. They improve their record to nine-five and two. They keep. Uh, they're tied with the Colorado Avalanche, and they have the Arizona. Coyotes coming to town tomorrow, the proverbial four-point game, albeit quite early in the season, but uh, a big opportunity for the Jets to uh, put even a little bit more room between themselves and the Coyotes tomorrow night. You know be... the starter, Drew. We can I talk do, but it I'm going to the... tell you after the break. After the say, break,
2: after the say, break. stay with us. and tell you the it's... Brassois or Hellebuck.
1: Thank you, good. Asi. Stay good, with but... us. Or maybe it's Thomas Milich. Well, Dave they will, they will do a Manouk Moose Minute and update you on Milich. We'll tell you the starting goaltenders for tomorrow night's game between the Jets and the Coyotes. Rick we got much more. We got much more to come. It's the Illegal Curve postgame show. It's a Friday night. Don't go anywhere. We're live on our YouTube channel.
0: Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the
2: details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com so you're a pizza
1: person you married a wing person but somehow your kids are salad people you can't pick your fam but you can pick your bp meal deal starting from
2: 18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com
0: the game can change Ah! just like that accidents happen when you aren't protected so now what Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges and dental implants. State of the art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life.
1: Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed.
2: Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos!
1: Yes, that does sound like a problem.
0: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rollies transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer
2: Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Fatalytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston
1: Pizza, powered by Fatalytics. Are you dreaming of your very own backyard rink this winter, but dreading the work involved? Well, stress no longer, because the Rink Guys are here to make it happen. The Rink Guys are Winnipeg's first outdoor skating rink installation and rink maintenance service. The Rink Guys offer free site evaluation and different rink construction options. Plus, they use a custom-sized liner to prevent any damage to your lawn. Lighting packages are also available to help illuminate your rink during those long, dark winter nights get your rink started today, visit therinkguys.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. We're back. It's the Illegal Curve Postgame Show. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsburg, Dave Manouk with you on this Friday night. Reminder, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. That's in less than 12 hours. That's in about, what, uh, do, 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 carry the one, uh, about uh, 10 hours and 20 minutes from now, it'll be the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. get you set for tomorrow night's game between the Jets and the Coyotes, another key Central Division matchup. We'll look back a bit at tonight's game, get you set for tomorrow and Including a discussion about the starting goaltenders, and that has been confirmed as Lauren Prosoa for the Winnipeg Jets. Scott Arneal, in his post-game remarks, has made that announcement. And for the, our friends in Arizona, they'll go with Karel Vamelka for the Coyotes uh, facing off against Lauren Prosoa. So, Vamelka.
2: Sorry. Do you think that? Do you think that like the Coyotes would ever? Consider not starting Vemelka. Like obviously, if he was injured, he couldn't play. But like just because of what he did the first time he played the Jets, I think we all remember that. Wasn't that game in Winnipeg?
1: It was, and nobody and knew. He shut who he, out? and nobody knew who he was. Seven right. games in seven career games against the Winnipeg Jets, Corell Vemelka has a two point two nine goals against average and a nine thirty five save percentage with one shutout. But, but they, lit a, they lit him up in Tempe, though. Yeah, I was gonna say the Jets know they can score on them now. They did beat them. Uh, uh, what was that? Maybe two weeks five, ago, three two weeks ago at this five, point. Five three, time? I think, right?
0: Yeah, it was. Wasn't it on a Saturday it afternoon? Was a Saturday afternoon. So yeah. it'd be like thirteen days ago.
1: It was just two weeks. Ago. God, uh, sometimes time flies by and sometimes time. Flies. Yeah, because they
0: were they were one of the teams the Jets the Jets won in November. They beat the Coyotes. Yeah, well, I guess that because remember where it was. was that they lost to Vegas and then they went to yeah. Arizona and they beat Arizona. Yeah, I was there, just you know, thinking about started.
2: that too, as well, Drew. Like,
0: it's it's hard to believe it's
1: already game seventeen. I know it really is hard to believe that, and uh, I'm not sure when uh, when that happened. But uh, here we are, nonetheless. We'll bring you post game guys, coverage.
0: Guys, there's 82
1: games. I, yeah, well, we're almost a quarter of the way through. It seems like we just started, and we're almost a quarter of the way through. By uh, by this time next week, we'll basically be a quarter of the way through the the season, which is uh, hard to believe. And the it's Winnipeg actually, Jets Dave, it's eighty eight plus. In fact, the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in a in a Pre-season very good breath. position nine five and preseason doesn't count nine five I was gonna say two. we don't do
0: preseason shows though.
1: yeah it doesn't count nine five and two so far this year the winnipeg jets are so we'll have all that tomorrow busy day tomorrow 9 a.m the illegal curve hockey show game. uh right around uh probably let's say uh or so again somewhere sure. around there dave m is going to drive that bus on the post and friends show tomorrow dave m and friends so it's uh if you uh, want to be friends with dave m uh send him a message that would be my advice i'll be at dave's cousin's that that daughter's birthday party Oh, a late night birthday party. Who's doing yes. birthday parties that late? that's that's outrageous, yeah.
2: I okay. also have a birthday party on Sunday, which starts like an hour before the Great Cup and ends uh, when the Great Cup is going to be going on. So that's a little bit of an issue. But I mean, yeah. kids' birthdays, as you know, Drew, take precedent over everything,
1: yeah, they do. Uh, and uh, ca- I said calendar- precedent. as precedent.
2: Meant to say precedence.
1: Yes. Okay. We. I knew what you meant. And calendars are hard to to look at for some for some people, and that would be an example of one of those right there. Dave M. The Moose uh, are on a three and three, and they started it off today in a good note in Belleville. Let's get into it. The Manuk Moose Minute.
2: Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show.
0: The Moose were not cruising boys. They were coming off of four straight losses, uh, during that last homestand. And as Drew just touched on, they have a three and three, six games total starting out East with the game tonight in Belleville. And, uh, they were looking to get things off on the right track, much like the first period we saw here in Winnipeg, no scoring between the Moose and the Belleville senators uh, who actually have quite a few, they have more points than the Moose. So they're not, they're not an upper echelon team in the East, but, uh, They do have more wins than the Manitoba Moose. And uh, there was no score after 20 minutes of play. But, but, things got going for the Moose. Uh, And by the way, I should mention Thomas Millich got his second straight start, the 2023 fifth rounder. Uh, He impressed, even though Moose didn't overall in that series against Laval, he was impressive. So he gets the start. Uh, Tyrell Bauer was sitting and uh, of course, Axel Johansson, fielby be up with the Jets. Nikita Chibrikov, boy, scored the Jets prospect. He scores his first goal from relatively close for him. The top of the circles, nice slap shot on the power play. He made it one nothing. That was his third goal of the season. And I then, like, Sorry, can
2: I say one thing, sure? Dave? What I've liked about Chibrikov, in addition to the fact that he's obviously got a lot of skill and a great shot, yeah, he, he plays physically. Like, yeah. I, like I saw you posted a, a clip. Uh, from the game against Laval Yeah. and you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's feisty. Anyways, I just wanted to throw in, throw it out
0: there. Count me as a fan of Chipper Cobb's game, Dave. Well, you know, it's funny as like, he is a, he's very, um, he plays an aggressive game and I talked to him about that again. Listen to it on our YouTube channel. The, I had Chipper Cobb and Lambert on Friday. It was the Dave Manuk dream though. I had the moose in the morning and then I got to do the jets. It was, didn't have to leave. Didn't have to worry about parking. It was fantastic. But the only the thing is, that would
2: have made that better was a Salties pie.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I can get this week because Salties is somehow courtesy of uh, Twitter. Someone had alerted me. Salties apparently is open this weekend for the uh, Grey Cup. So uh, Joe just said
1: the same thing in the chat.
0: I was going to say, oh, I didn't see Joe see that say that, but no. Joe didn't tell me. But I, someone else uh, DM'd me saying that uh, Salties is open this weekend. So don't think Dave M might not be driving up to the old Interlake at some point. Pick me up
2: a chicken burger,
0: please. <laughs> yes, sir. But. Anyways, the point is now now as he now you've totally derailed me. Now I'm thinking salties. Chibrikov. No, but Chibrikov does play a, a little more of an aggressive style. And 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 he talked about that. He goes, you know, I'm not the biggest guy, but I have to be able to do that. And I remember thinking that watching him at training camp going up against Brendan Dillon. And he had no fear. Like he's he's plays with a little bit of bite and uh he's got a good shot. He's a good playmaker. Of course, he's I think he's three and ten right now in terms of his points, but uh, you know, a nice player had a nice shot on the power play. So that gave the Moose the one nothing lead. And then Wyatt Bon Giovanni. He is feeling good after uh, dealing with some uh, injury issues in training camp. And he gets his third of the season. Dominic Toninato doesn't get an assist on this play, but great screen in front. Declan Chisholm. He does get a point. That's his first point of the season. Of course, on a conditioning assignment, that's his third game with the Moose and Chaz Lucius the 2021. Second, uh, no, first rounder, sorry. He gets his first assist of two in this game. And, uh, of course, it's just his second game back from a concussion. And then a uh, minute 13 later after that goal, it was 3 nothing. CJ Cease, he scores the first 5-on-5 five five goal for the Manitoba Moose. And uh, the Moose were cruising. They came out in that third period with a 6 nothing shot edge. And it was looking like Thomas Millich was not only on his way to his first AHL win, but he was also looking like he was going to get his first AHL shutout but Belleville uh, applied some pressure a late power play goal gave them uh, made it a 3-1 game and then they scored on a 6-on-5 to make it 3-2 so it looked like it was going to be tight but ultimately the Moose hang- hung on for the win so they uh, break their winless or their losing streak story at 4 they arrest it pick up a big win over Belleville. They're into Toronto tomorrow where they play, I believe at three o'clock. And then on Sunday again against the Marlies at three o'clock. So uh, the Moose are uh, happy to be on the road and happy to be getting going again. And like I said, uh, good for Thomas Miller to pick up his first win. He's a real gamer and uh, he's a feisty guy and uh, we'll see what, what he can do. But uh, you know, a, Interesting decision for the Moose to go with Sal- him over Salmonen. and Colin Delia practiced on Friday. He's dealing with a sore groin. So uh he obviously wasn't in in either position because Salmonen was backing up. So that's your moose minute. And I'll just add one quick thing because uh 2022 first rounder Rutger McGordy. That's went what i was the- gonna say. Oh well then no go, go, ahead. go, go ahead. ahead, go with it. Go oh, your well, I was just gonna say Rutger McGordy uh in a game for the University of Michigan Wolverines uh got h- hard hit into the boards. Um and, uh, nothing really certain as to what the status was. He did have to be, uh, maybe Drew can provide an update, but yeah. he so did he have was, to, he was,
1: he, he was taken to the emergency room, according to Michigan head coach, Brandon Nar- Nar- Narado. Yeah. Uh, the extent of the injury is unknown. That's the latest update This courtesy of Rekha Leonard, who covers, uh, the university of Michigan, uh, uh hockey for, I think must be the, the university of Michigan, uh, newspaper. Uh, So that's the last update is that he, so he went hard into the end boards on a hit and sort of fell, uh, you know, fell like back sort of upper back first into the end boards, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, was uh, taken off on a stretcher and then taken to an emergency room. Uh, No further update. My guess and i don't just this is my guess would be that it was probably more precautionary than anything else but uh that thing, is i was the... concerned
2: about drew was just watching the the replay dave showed it to me on his phone mm-hmm. it kind of looked like he, like it could be a maybe a tailbone or i mean you know Something that's what like i that. was kind of worried about right the way like you said the way he goes into the boards i mean it clearly yeah. like it looks like it was some type of back injury so hopefully rucker's okay whiplash effect as i think yeah, probably what you're looking at he's there. having a great year uh in ncaa so i i just hope that it's nothing serious
1: yeah so that's uh, we'll have an update for you as soon as we can get one we'll have it either on illegalcurve.com if if there's one overnight tonight or if, if there's any news along those along that front we'll bring it to you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m on the illegal curve hockey show so you can stay tuned for that uh uh, you know, that'll be uh, that'll be coming your way coming up uh, tomorrow morning. And then any news uh, along those lines will be breaking we'll we'll have later on tonight on illegalcurve.com. But the Jets win and the Moose win, so that's a good sign for those of you who cheer for teams in Winnipeg. Let's give away one more winner for the tough duck hardest hitting comment. The tough duck hardest hitting comment. Ezzy, who wins the toque tonight? Courtesy of our good friends at Tough Duck. Their long term support of the illegal curve post game show is very much appreciated.
2: I hope everybody was enjoying the nice mild weather, even though uh, we got a little bit of snow and it's getting a little colder. Still, I would say, uh, you know, above normal for this time of year. We're going to give it to Jordan Hare. I like this comment. Jets have improved shot wise. Their shots are counting. Previous years, tons of nothing shots. Now they're making their shots count. And you know, we kind of talked about this, guys. Like, this is by far, what did you say, Drew, the previous low of this year was 26 or 27? Like, 18 shots is very low for this Jets team who's usually putting up, you know, at least 30 shots a game, usually closer to 35 to 40 shots a game. And tonight, I mean, they win 3-2, even though they only put eight, up 18 shots. We talked about it earlier, right? Three goals on the first nine or 10 shots. And obviously, the Nikolai Either ones was uh, uh, the kind of, proverbial knuckler if you want to call it that right which bounces off of uh owen power so jordan send me an email ezra at illegalcurve.com with your mailing info and mailing address info and Tough yeah, Duck his mailing t- address
1: yeah. is is in australia that's where he's watching us from is australia okay. so i don't know that they need dukes in australia but if they do jordan we got one coming to you courtesy of our friends was jordan Tough
2: Duck. Did, was that the comment that we put up earlier that Jordan, yeah, Jordan was watching was from Australia.
1: Australia. He was watching you know us what? from Australia.
2: I'll, I'll see if we can ship to Australia. If we can't, <laughs> um, we'll figure Ezzie'll something take out. Jordan, he'll a trip and
1: hand deliver it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. I'm
2: like, we'll I'm, I'm very out. curious as where Ezra was going to go with yeah, this. One. I've I've always wanted to see the koala bears. So, can yeah, you imagine?
0: Uh, can you imagine like everybody's like, "Where's Ezra? Why isn't he on the show?" And we're like, "He's, uh, he's actually per- delivering. He a just toque. booked a ticket to Australia. He's personally delivering a tuque." I'm pretty yeah, well, sure Esy's already
1: preemptively banned from Australia. I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain that they've they've passed a law along those lines. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Jordan, congratulations! You're the winner of the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Yeah. Uh, it for might it might cost
2: a little bit more to ship it to Australia than it would to ship it to you know Selkirk or or Steinbach, uh, but. Uh, we'll we'll get in touch. Send me an email, Jordan, and we'll figure something out. We'll
0: Ticona Pauly's we'll... saying that we got the wrong Jordan. So maybe uh, Drew's incorrect. No, I think well, Ticona Pauly was 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 was
1: joking, I is my guess. But Ticona sure. Pauly wants a toque. There you go. See Jordan saying yays, So uh, there you go. Uh, hopefully okay. Jordan's gonna get in touch with Ezekiel. Doesn't
0: necessarily conf- that's just his his excitement at winning Drew. It doesn't confirm that he is the Jordan in Australia fair
1: enough. I guess time will tell if, we, you know, if we're huge, if we become huge in Australia without us knowing about it, then uh, maybe that'll answer our question.
0: We are. At, well, actually I will say we do have, we do have someone else. Uh, I, I gave Moose tickets because someone from Australia who has no connection to Winnipeg is a Jets fan and a Moose fan. And he's actually coming in December. To yes. I got see- the
1: guy. He messaged me too. Um, I don't uh, think so. Dude. Oh, what's his name? I have it here in my DMs. Who
2: knew that we were big in Australia?
1: uh jmb newman you're not supposed to say his whole name drew it- that's his twitter feed it's not it's not like i'm g- giving away state secrets here yeah. Yeah. i don't know drew i would have just said james okay well I did, honestly i didn't know yeah. what well, now his, i feel going less special right. Drew's, that Drew's james is messaging like, what's the, you too word, jimmy he's called himself jimmy and sydney so jimmy and sydney's coming to winnipeg jimmy likes hockey and he's gonna see Jimmy likes his chicken spicy drew yeah, he's. I think he's coming to a Jets game too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he uh, is. But I,
0: they did. They wrote an article about him. I think CTV did or something like that. So um, he he and a friend came to Winnipeg to see a game. So they have no. I, I can't remember that. I have to read it over again. But uh we do. We're we're big in Australia. Is what I'm getting at. Ultimately, yeah,
1: that's where that that we are, and uh, we need our beauty sleep because we'll be. Thompson. It.
0: By the way, Matthew Thompson hit it right. This is bigger than Uncle Jesse getting the number one hit song in oh, Japan.
1: Man. What was the ba-
2: name of the band, Dave? Jesse and the Killers. Rippers. Rippers. Well, I thought for a second. You got it wrong on the first one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. Jesse, remember what the
2: dog's name was, though? Comet.
0: Thank you. Come on. Comet's in our chat. How could you forget? The dog? Yeah. Well, not Comet the dog. Comet a person. But Comet, I see that name, and I always think Comet the dog. dog Shout
1: out out
2: to Jody Sweeten. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, Ezzy.
1: Uh, that's it for this uh, post-game show. We'll be back at it tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., the Illegal Curve Boxing sure. Show. Uh, big crush yeah, and Jody sure Sweet right. back in the day. Can you stop talking, please? It's all I'm begging you at this point in time. <laughs> Topanga, too. Uh,
0: Ezzy, hold on. J- Drew, just make sure you send out... G- uh, Jordan's asking for Ezzy's contact info again.
1: Okay, so at ICEzzyG on Twitter or... Just send me an Ez- email, Jordan. Ezra at
2: IllegalCurve.com.
1: There you go. That's yep. Send it there. Uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I want to say a big thank you to all of you for joining us. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Farmery Beer, where you can pick up a uh, uh, some Illegal Curve beer at their location, the number two Donald Street, uh, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, betway they're the title sponsor of the post-game show, our friends at Tough Duck, Jordan's getting a tuke in Australia. It's 35 degrees there. He's going to wear it proudly. <laughs> Boston Pizza. We're at Boston Pizza uh, on December the 7th. That's the illegal curve holiday party. So be sure to join us there. As he's going to work as he's working on making us a nice little ad that we can put up on the screen when we talk about that. So that'll probably be done probably on And December. you're working on getting me a Santa Claus outfit. I'm working on that as well. I'll tell you what, I'll get you the Santa Claus outfit, you get yourself. You get Why that
0: why do I have a feeling we're gonna see Ezzy and uh, and Spency in matching Santa Claus outfits? Because we and Spencey's you know, down from I your mean, lips as long as God's we end up at the, in
2: the hot tub in Sage Creek. I'm down. Actually, hold
0: on. Actually, maybe Spencey will go as, as Santa Claus and Ezzy will go as Hanukkah Harry, or yeah, or an
1: elf or something. I'm not sure. Uh, Boston Pizza. That's where we'll be on December seventh. Seagram's Avalanche. Drink your fireball. Rollies transfer. They got a piano off of Ezi. They can do anything. Uh, The rink guys, uh, it's going to be cold enough to build a rink eventually, so support our friends at the rink guys. And of course, as I mentioned, Farmery Beer. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. More post-game coverage to come on IllegalCurve.com. Leave us feedback on uh, YouTube, on podcasts, everywhere that you can get this show. We want to hear from you. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. For Dave Manook for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for watching. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show.
0: Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.